space. The final frontier. Sir, the possibility of successfully navigating an asteroid field is approximately 3,720 to 1. Ah, yes, it is a Friday. We like to talk about space every once in a while. Last week, we did a, a 2020 year in review for space. And boy, there was a lot. You know, you think of all the things that happened with the the mission to nudge the asteroid off course, James Webb Space Telescope, um, the, the private flights, all these sorts of things. There was a lot going on in space in 22. It's going to be hard for 2023 to live up to that. But... There are some things to keep an eye on, and our next guest has put together a handy little list of things to watch. His name is Gareth Dorian. He is a postdoctoral research fellow in space science at the University of Birmingham. Gareth, thanks so much for your time today. I appreciate you joining us. Hi, you're quite welcome. Thank you. 2022 was a pretty eventful year, wasn't it? I mean, in terms of things happening in space, there was a lot last year. Uh, Yeah, there certainly was. I mean, uh, I think probably the most significant was the successful completion of the Artemis 1 mission, which was the uh, first time since the 1970s, I think it was, that a a human-capable spacecraft has been to the moon and safely returned. So that was pretty significant, yeah. Yeah, and that's an ongoing one that will eventually lead to people living on the moon if all goes well. So when we take a look ahead to 2023 and what we need to be keeping an eye on, you've got a list of your top five, which is fantastic. Let's just run (laughs) through them. Um, Exploring the moons of Jupiter, right? Yes, that's correct. Um, so this mission is called the Jupiter Icy Moons Explorer, or JUICE for short. And uh, essentially, uh, what its, its purpose is to is to examine the possibility that the um, the moons of Jupiter, or some of them anyway, um, which have these these subsurface oceans, may be capable of supporting life. So it's 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 Europe's first dedicated robotic mission to Jupiter, and it's intended to go into orbit around Jupiter for several years and take lots of readings of uh, all the different moons using a variety of different instruments, and then it will actually go into orbit around one of the moons as well, which will be the first time that any spacecraft has gone into orbit around a moon around another planet. If you see what I mean. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's going to be. Quite an interesting mission, I think. And and that one happens when? Late spring? Uh, I believe so, yes. It's, although it's going to take a while to get to Jupiter. Uh, I think it's going to be <laughs> I think it's at least what, nine or ten years to reach the planet because um, well, it's a very long way away and you need a lot of energy to get there. So, uh, yeah, it's going to take a long time to get there, but the, the science will be well worth it, I think. Um, what about SpaceX? Uh, they, they've made all kinds of waves in, in, in terms of space exploration and all the rest, and they've got a busy year planned for 2023, right? Uh, sure. So uh, I think the, mo- the main sort of uh, or hotly anticipated um, in entry for SpaceX this year is going to be their Starship program. So uh, this has been on the cards for a while. Uh, Starship, if for those who are unfamiliar, is, is basically SpaceX's uh, very heavy uh, launch system, which is designed to put about 100 tonnes of cargo into low Earth orbit um, and carry, I think, it, in its full configuration, in the, in the full design um, it's supposed to be able to carry up to 100 people. Now, this is never actually. This thing has never actually flown in space before. It's been tested on sort of short test flights near the ground several times in the last few years. But this this year is, is looking like it's going to be the first time it will actually be tested as as one complete system. And, and is that like so many of these missions are sort of the first step to something bigger and something beyond that? Is that what this is? Does this sort of set up a new way of doing things going forward if successful? Uh, absolutely. So, uh, well, in, you know, Elon Musk has had long had desires to send people to Mars and to the moon and elsewhere. And so this is this is the means by which he, I think, intends to do it. Uh, so uh, there's, there's uh, a lot riding on it figuratively and uh, materially as well. Interesting stuff. What about uh, there's a lot of interest in the moon, right? We're, we're, and we've got yes. one where I, I, this it's kind of if, uh, all these space exploration <laughs> privately, you know, has always sort mm. of been interesting to me. This one, actually, they're talking about taking members of the public on a trip around the moon and bringing them back. 
Yes, so uh, this one's called the Dear Moon Project, um, and it, it hit the headlines a few years ago when it was first announced. Um, uh, basically, there's this uh, Japanese business entrepreneur called uh, Yusaku Maizawa, I think his name is, um, who's selected eight members of the public, and the intention is to is to take them on a about a five or six day trip around the moon and back to Earth using the Starship program that we just mentioned, the Starship uh, launcher that we just mentioned. So. Uh, Yes, again, that, that, will, that will greatly depend on the success of, of the test flight that SpaceX will be conducting, I suppose, in the near, well, in the near future. So. In terms of the eight people, do, do mm. we, know, we don't know who they are yet, right? It's not, it wasn't a thing where like, you're paying your way. This was more of a, a lottery system almost? Uh, yeah, I think so. So there was about 100, well, there was, um, well, I expect thousands of people yeah, who applied, yeah. but in the end, they only they only announced eight people. But um, I, I'm not sure who the, na- the names are. But, are, but the, I know the intention is that they need to. They're like a collection of artists, and the idea is that you know the, this trip around the moon will inspire them to artistic um, excellence, really. Which is, I mean, you know, if you're an artist and you go to the moon, <laughs> I guess it, 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 it's, it's going to have to inspire you in some way, isn't it? So, uh, yes. Interesting stuff. Asteroids. We've talked about asteroids before. There was a couple of missions regarding asteroids, and one of them is set to return to Earth this year, right? Yes, that's correct. So uh, NASA's OSIRIS-REx mission, I won't read out the full name because I can't remember it all. It's quite complicated. <laughs> but the idea is basically it um, was launched a few years ago, and it flew to um, a near-Earth asteroid. And the idea was to collect samples from the surface of the asteroid and then return them to Earth for analysis. Now, this has only been done once before, uh, I believe, by the Japanese in 2020. Um, but this will be the second time it's been it's been accomplished. And basically the way it works is, you know, the spacecraft is a robotic mission. It grabs the samples off the surface, flies back to Earth and then puts them in a, inside a sort of capsule with a heat shield and parachute. And that enters the Earth's atmosphere. And if all goes well, descends safely for scientists to collect in September. I think it is that one's coming back. So what, what are we looking for here? I mean, I mean what's the what's mm. the what's the what's the end goal here? Sure. Uh, so, well, asteroids are interesting because they're basically the sort of. Um, they're the remnants of the early solar system. So they, 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 they're very good at preserving sort of aspects of what the very early solar system was like. And so if you can direct, because basically they, they float around in space for billions of years, largely unmodified. Yeah. Um, so they, they're very good at preserving stuff that existed in the early solar system. So if we can get samples of that and return this to Earth for analysis, then we can learn about uh, the, the the evolution of the solar system and, you know, ultimately while we're all here. So it's quite, a, right. quite an interesting mission. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, and Gareth, the last one on your list, we're returning to private space exploration, right? But this time out of India. Yes, uh, so this one was um, uh, an Indian rocket, an Indian private company, a little bit like SpaceX, um, but the uh, the interesting angle they have is that their rockets are going to be 3D printed, which um, I think is pretty new. And um, the, the the intention there is that um, if you can if you can 3D print a rocket from scratch in a matter of days, then uh, you can have a very fast turnaround for commercial launch uh, launching. So um, yes, it'd be interesting to see how that one plays out as well. So yeah, quite quite an interesting. Uh, list of stuff. There's other missions going on as well besides yeah. the ones we mentioned, but uh, you know those were some of the more interesting ones. So. But it's interesting to see how private um, space exploration seems to be sort mm. of where the focus is right now. There's a lot of that happening, right? It is. Is uh, it's it's kind of. Yeah, it, it's it's basically been a technology enabling um, sort of era. So SpaceX obviously the most is the most prominent, but I think it's the first time that in, in you know in the last few years or so that that's. The, uh, the ability for non-governmental uh, private individuals to sort of effectively have their own, own space programs, if you like, um, 
you know, has come to fruition. And, and that's, that's certainly probably one of the biggest changes that, that history will look back on uh, uh, for this era of, of space flight. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Gareth, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you being here. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.